Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Geospatially Africa podcast, the podcast for the African geospatial community. My name is Okoyemi and I'm your host for today. Today promises to be very, very interesting because we will be talking about, my guest and I, we'll be talking about um, a very important but little known topic in GIS and its applications. And as you know, we like in this podcast to talk about various applications that could really help us here in Africa that we are really not using or maximizing. And that's one, that one is GIS in business, which we'll be talking about today with our very special guest. Now, let me just go straight into who our guest is so that you can understand and get the flow of what we'll be talking about today. Our guest today is in person of Alizar Tekla. He is the person in charge of Addis Map Addis Ababa, and he is also an expert in using GIS for business in Africa here, especially in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And he has given us the honor of interviewing him today to basically let us in on some of his activities and how he has seen businesses partake or max, maximize the use of using locational intelligence for their business planning and sales planning and logistics. And also, Aliza would even be talking to us about some of his projects that he is currently working on, which I think are really equally awesome. So um, without further ado, let me just introduce Aliza. All right. Uh, my name is Aliza. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here today to, to do this podcast. And yeah, we were very uh, happy to, when we received the invitation. Well, I started as uh, an IT, and when we were working on IT, different IT projects, but uh, and we are we got organized and started discovering or discussing about implementation of uh, Open OpenStreetMap. It's an open source uh, mapping implementation, and yeah, that's how uh, my journey with geospatial data started, and that's how. I got into this mapping and different implementations. Well, Addis Map came as a, a byproduct, if I am allowed to say. Uh, it's a really great application when, after working on it, it turned out to be a great application. But initially, it was sort of a byproduct just to support our open source initiative to implement the OpenStreetMap project here, and hence put Ethiopia on a well detailed map and. That's how we started at Map too. So yeah. Okay, then um, I would like you to just talk a bit about you know some of your work with them. Um, how do you got into the GIS for business? You know your work with Coca Cola, Addis Ababa. A bit about the work that you have done in that sector as well. So yes, uh, well uh, when we started uh, OpenStreetMap, we needed to include a lot of people into the project because since it's mapping and it needs a lot of resources, uh, we turned to producing a business side of it. And that's how Map was born. But after releasing the first version of Map as a website that allows people to locate places, we started experimenting with advertisements, uh, which are uh, <laughs> not a very good business model for any type of the online business. But at the time, they were a bit positive in our country and yeah we benefited some from that but uh, as time goes on uh, the, the marketing or the demand 
was uh, declining because a lot of people are companies are coming online and things a lot of manufacturing companies they started uh, looking towards other softwares that helps them internally instead of just uh, publishing whatever companies they have online so what we did was uh, coca-cola came out with a request for implementing a marketing survey to expand its operations in Addis Ababa so back then it was around eight close to eight nine years uh, most of the things were not that much digitalized and automated as nowadays and that some of the things we use for collecting data and implementation were manual so we discussed with them on how to implement it and uh, the funny thing is oh, there were no okay. smartphone applications uh, during that time so we used uh, garmins to, uh, to guide us to places to follow our map uh, we categorized that disabwa into <laughs> we categorized that disabwa into different uh, the, the subsidies uh, using the subsidies we sectioned them into different places and areas so as to uh, enable us and surveyors and most of the data like the inputs were collected on a, a paper excel sheet a, a printed excel sheet so they all what they have to do is like they whenever they go to that specific area they just input the location on the garmin and come back with the paper filled forms and we have to sit manually and uh, use excel sheet to properly uh, format it and put on filters and different uh, extra information yeah thank god for uh, mobile apps now like survey apps like survey one two three and cobo connect and all that then we don't have to do all that again these days yeah yeah so that's awesome definitely definitely that was actually very hassle very very uh complex wow. and exhausting a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. happened along the way so yeah and now but nowadays after implementing for coca a lot of companies started following them and although we didn't do ev for every company we were able to uh, get a certain market share from that and we started i mean in order to since coca-cola is a giant company they can afford the cost even if it was manually done and required a lot mm -hmm. of human resources they can afford the cost but when you come to local establishment local factories when they start out they may not be able to afford that kind of uh, project or technical mm -hmm. implementation and uh, they would rather uh, rely on the manual uh, go-to-market strategies just to get started and get their products out and start mm -hmm. generating revenue so what we did next was experimented on open source pro products and projects so at least the cost would mean the technology cost would be minimized the automation cost mm -hmm. would be minimized and we can do this type of project with a low uh, human resource requirement but would you still have been able to get the same level of authenticity and um, accuracy when you use open source rather than people going out to these places and getting the data because now it will require less human resources but then would you be able to get the same mm. level of uh, quality of data well i mean even the, during the coca-cola project uh some of the crazy things we were not able to control was uh, some of our surveyors we used, was used to sit in a cafeteria and just input the data manually from where they sit like uh, whichever shops i think and that kind of uh, uh words and also hmm. people that until they get very familiar with the technology inputting data is a bit uh, hustless like you have to have patience you need to know the right key uh, pairs like uh, know some of them 
words in terms of mapping. So that was an issue, especially when automating. We had a lot of type of typo errors that needed mm -hmm. to be fixed, and especially in terms of categorization, we use generic categories that are agreed in the OpenSys map category because they will be that they are easier to implement in terms of technology and also for other users to implement them in their own way. So most of the data that are input using Kobo and things like that, they you, we needed to mm -hmm. experiment a lot to come to a better uh, understanding and usage. But initially, there were a lot of errors, starting with the typo and explaining what type of uh, uh, establishment that place is or what kind of location it is and things like that. Yeah, but nowadays, uh, we have, yeah, well, after a lot of experimentation and experience, we've come to uh, minimize those type of uh, errors. So hopefully, if uh, companies these days want to implement stuff like that also, they can then use the current data that is available, the current technologies exactly. that are available, and then even it reduces cost these days, like the cost will be reduced since all these technologies have come out, and then the data also will be of better quality and to be less stressful. So yeah, that's, that's why most companies should even look to those, because I really like to know now what what were the benefits, what were the reasons behind mm -hmm. that. Because okay, now we've gone through the challenges that you faced, but then why do you think companies would need this type of data? Why would you think that? Um, because like I said, I, I think when, when we were talking initially, you mentioned that you know these com these companies are using mm -hmm. these things around, but people mm -hmm. think that they are so foreign to them. The, technology is so foreign to them but that's how these companies have been getting stuff done and you know on a global level at the global standard so would you just try to explain to us a bit about some of the benefits like why would any company want to go through all this what do you think they can get from it yeah. okay actually there are quite a lot of benefits to this uh the major ones are time and resources especially financing because uh, first, when you start a company or especially for manufacturers and distributors, uh, whether they're manufacturing or they're getting it from another factory, when it comes to distribution, uh, the marketing part is very uh, complex when uh, using manual uh, methods because nowadays there are a lot of competitions, a lot of similar products uh, fighting for the same market. And also you need to know when to approach your customers. You need to be able to manage your uh, inventories. You need to join all these resources, the product, the location that requires uh, attention and the, the location that have a lot of competitors. You need to identify that to best maximize your uh, market reach. And that's what one of the major uh, benefits. But the other thing is when you program your uh, routes, uh, sometimes um, what especially in our case, uh, when we go to companies to implement this type of technologies, most of the resistance comes from the drivers or for, from the delivery trucks because they have cert their own certain customers or in term uh, they have certain business dealings on the side and they intend to focus on those routes and it can be from one end of the city to the other end and it's uh, they, in they interrupt, what they don't really get organized in terms of uh, routes and uh, areas they serve. So 
that's one of the major benefits. Yeah, that's where management comes exactly. in. Yes, because when they can implement these automated, you know, routes and then they can monitor it from the back end at the office, then these drivers cannot do, you know, this all these their side dealings and all. And when it's geocoded and yeah, you know the geocode where the driver is supposed to be, you know where they are supposed to deliver. When they are not there, you know they've gone somewhere else. So that's like the power of locational intelligence, yes. Exactly. The other thing is one case story is a uh, uh, food, uh, food manufacturing uh, factory here. They do the distributions, but they build their market uh, uh, properly using manual uh, methodologies like uh, in traditional way. But they wanted to come uh, to implement this technology and they want to make sure they have they have the the chance to see areas where they need to expand the capacity to see different competitors what's coming up in the market and when we gave out all the, i mean since they were doing 100% sales they weren't uh, that uh, the especially the marketing side was reluctant to implement it but once they started implementing it it came very helpful for the management especially in terms of cutting costs because most of the drivers or the distribution ones that are sent out there, they finish their distributing the product within half a day, but they spend half of the day doing something else. And that in incurs uh, fuel and other costs for the yeah. company. Yeah. So that way, they were able to minimize and uh, arrange the timing of the drivers and things like that, synchronize when each driver should go and how long they should stay on the field. That's also one of the benefits we saw yeah even even here because you know as you you have taken that especially with coca-cola you know coca-cola has been the one implementing basically locational intelligence for business in mm -hmm. in africa because i know experience from nigeria yes. here the coca-cola nbc nigeria then also voltic ghana mm -hmm where we have you know our sihana yeah. here then also you in addis ababa and i'm sure in other parts of um, africa also when they are implementing their sales structure or strategy they make it a key focus mm -hmm. and you know it helps them basically optimize sales and cut costs so yeah. i know you know you said exactly. it's a, yeah it's a big company and they could afford all this but i know with time as we adopt as more mm -hmm. companies uh, look for and adopt these practices with more practice and more innovation the costs can be reduced even mm -hmm. to the level where small and medium scale enterprises can also even implement it on a smaller scale but it's just for people to exactly. know really it's for people to know that this technology is out there and it can really help your business instead of you thinking gis is exactly. so foreign to you but it's really important and you can even adopt it and that's really the point of this exactly. episode and yes thank you so much aliza for letting in us in on that you know on that experience so now let's go on into at this map and your baby <laughs> let's talk let's talk about the projects that you're yeah. currently working yes. on because i know you're a very you know you're a very broad spectrum expert in the use of open street map data so and we really like to know much more about that so please let us in on you know some of the things that you are doing with Addisma. first of all how it came about you you mentioned that it was a byproduct but then it became so successful and would really we would really like to hear about the success story really great well uh i mean as i said earlier uh, this map was uh, initially uh, 
a mechanism to support our open source open source projects and we started out uh, using advertisements to generate revenue but after a while when the market wasn't uh, that interested in that sort of uh, um, uh, digital solution we started experimenting with various types i one of the things we said is uh, the route to market or the gis implementation for businesses and distributions but the other thing is uh, we needed to find a way for people to have their own business website, like come up with a, their own website, have a location there, edit and place whatever type of um, content or material they need. Um, a sort of um, a directory, but with more control and uh, special uh, geospatial data supported. And also they will have places nearby uh, and uh, different ratings and things like that. But now, I mean, that's how it increased, but we, in time, we also added booking systems uh, into it, especially when, it, since we had uh, about a thousand hotels, starting from the lowest, from the bed and breakfast, to the five stars uh, existing around the country, we added booking, we integrated booking services, and also the other things we did was... Um, uh, event-based uh, promotions like uh, selecting locations, promoting their events if they have different events, uh, bookings, and things like that. And we also added uh, flight booking services, which were not that successful. But in general, Addismap uh, opened a way for various implementations, and especially we want we people where we kind of used it as a a way to brainstorm the community in terms of uh, the, the fundamentals of mapping and how useful it can be when in terms of in, especially in the more in the current days uh, uh, for businesses and even for personal gains and yeah that's how Addismap uh, came to be so from what i ex um, understand from Addismap, it was basically a more detailed and more locally sourced map sort of like Google Maps, but for Addis Ababa. Yes. And you incorporated even more functionalities like booking, hotel booking, ride hailing, and all that into Addis Map. And all based on open source, open street map data. Really? Exactly. Exactly. Yes, because we used uh, OpenStreetMap for backend services. It's really easy. People don't know it and rely on Google, but it's really easy and... Uh, uh, simple to implement and very powerful. And we'll know that OpenStreetMap, yeah, very powerful and very detailed. Yes. And it's easy to update. Yes. And, and if, if not for certain, you know, certain issues around the quality of the data, I'd even rather say like OpenStreetMaps because, you know, there are so many volunteers mm -hmm. updating on different, you know, every time it's always being updated. It's even a bit more detailed yeah. if we can use yes. it, you know, for all these yes. types of, you know, implementations. And you yes. were, yeah, and you were able to um, implement this map in such a way that because from one of the presentations that you did where I came across, you were able to use it for transportation to improve trans transportation mm -hmm. in Addis Ababa. Could you please let us know a bit about that? Okay. That's also one of uh, the surprising uh, outputs we uh, by we found by using OpenStreetMap and AddisMap. Uh, we create we came up with an application called Yaneguzo, but it's not originally 100% uh, created by AddisMap, but it's also another open source implementation that allowed us uh, to power up our OpenStreetMap data 
and really make it usable for the community. Uh, Yaniguzo basically is a trip planner application that is an, an, uh, an implementation of uh, Trophy, uh, a global open source uh, trip planner application. And it was created out of the need for transport maps in Addis Ababa because the uh, city was growing, a lot of people, the transport uh, demand was growing and it, it was becoming very complex, for, especially for the government to provide information on the routes and the times of the major uh, public transports like the buses and the minibuses that are operating. So we started experimenting with this, uh, as a, we took a sample from the London bus map and uh, transport for Cairo uh, with the printable versions and we started those uh, types of printable maps and posting, we, ag we agreed with the Addis Ababa Transport Bureau and we started posting them on the bus stations. After that, we were approached by um, uh, WRY, it's a resource center for uh, that has a, a country office in Ethiopia, and they were doing at the same time they were do t doing data collection for these bus maps, and they were looking for uh, various uh, technology companies or private startups or companies that were that would be able to digitalize and use that data to for easier access of the community, and also the ministry was uh, interested in getting the project out that's where we came in. So we took that data, uh, edited it and uploaded it to OpenSysMap for easy access and making it open for the public. And that's one of the challenges uh, we had to go through, especially in terms of uh, developing the transport maps because our, our government was very reluctant and very suspicious of using open source uh, data. I mean, they wanted it to be more pro private, but since it incurs a lot of costs and it becomes a very uh, expensive project, we forced them to see the good side <laughs> of the benefit of uh, using that's the idea. <laughs> and data. <laughs> and yeah, that's, yes, that's how it came about to be. That's oh. how Yeni Guzo was born. And now we're also re-engaging that uh, community and trying to see how we can best uh, reach out more people because since it's data, it has to be updated and numbered and uh, we need to expand it towards the community and involve as much uh, use group as possible so that they can update the data, even update the source code for the application. Hopefully when people, more people have seen how successful it can be and it uses, then they'll get on board and try to update it as well. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yes. Um, I also understand that you know you're doing something similar with the Juba government of South Sudan. Does that mean that you can implement something similar to Addis Map mm -hmm. for all major governments and local areas based on this open source data alone? Mm, no, 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 not actually, not a major government. Okay, okay. Well, uh, that came uh, special uh, along with the. Uh, Open or state of the map presentation. Yeah, uh, uh, since it was for Africa, uh, we had we were we were approached by different uh, groups and uh, teams that were very looking forward to implementing something similar to Addis Map, especially get the open source data to people in a custom way because using OpenStreetMap directly is not that very suitable for the common user unless you're a mapping enthusiast or you want to implement your own type of uh, system use based on that. OpenStreetMap is not um, uh, for daily uh, usability. So that's how IDSMAP came about to be. And 
The same uh, request came from a team in Juba. They wanted to develop a prototype for Juba city because um, since uh, most African countries, uh, they need to see something done, in, especially in terms of governments to give you support or to provide you with any type of uh, policy or any type of support. They need to see a demonstration or a sample, something developed and going on because when you approach them with an idea, they're they're very reluctant and they're scared of the costs it might incur and if they and especially since they don't have an open working relation with private uh, companies it's not going to look good on them so that's why uh we wanted uh, to come up with open place guide uh, with that because of the requests that came from juba and from state of the maps meeting uh there were another request to do the same thing and yeah that's how Open Place Guide came up to existence. That way, uh, we can allow people that approached us. Uh, there was a team that wanted to implement, uh, to come up with the same thing as this map, and they approached their government. But since most African countries uh, don't have a policy in terms of governments that supports uh, private companies, uh, they approached us to find a way to implement it uh, with low cost and uh, in a very simple and uh, short period of time. That's how the Juba concept came about to be. With that, uh, I think we uh, there was another request from, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, from Tanzania or Madagascar, the same request to work together on implementing a uh, similar type of ads map for their country. So we sat down uh, with uh, our CTO uh, the the main developer for the technology the, so we sat down brainstorm yeah that's how we went into the uh, coming up with an open source implementation that can work for all of africa okay and i think that's open place guide that's the new uh, variation of of addis map for africa this time around right Exactly. When we uh, discussed about juba map we sat down and saw uh, what needed to be done but uh, to be all, we don't have the financial uh, capacity or and also we didn't want to force them uh, to pay for the development or for the implementation rather we wanted to make it a collaborative project that way it can grow and become so, so useful or important and also by ma making it uh, open we can push our governments, uh, not just Ethiopian, not just Sudan, or most African governments uh, of government institutions to rely on open source products and uh, companies or teams that implement that have such implementation rather than going to pro commercial products or reaching out for international partners. So that's why uh, open, open place guide was uh, established, uh, um, concepted or initiated. Yeah, so I think uh, the, the, the lesson to learn here is to, I think it's for more people to know about the power of using this type of locational data. And I think when more people see the use case for it, when they are in demand or there's a need for it, exactly. and then more people would want to focus on developing what you already have on ground. And I like the fact that it's open source. It's out there 
for everybody to see and to edit and to update and exactly. and even mega exactly. mega geospatial softwares like QGIS today started like this also you exactly. know it started like this for everybody to come and work together and optimize and improve it and it's still open source exactly. and i think that's that's what we need here in africa where there's never enough money to do all these things but then there's open source thank god for open source you know and and now that it's open and out there yes more people know about it there's more demand for it more people want to improve it for us to use and i think that's that's the beauty of that's the beauty of open street map and open data yes and and that's why yes. it's really important for us here in africa that we really understand and appreciate the importance of open op, free and open source software for geospatial technologies and all Yes, so uh, I think it's really commendable what you are doing with, you know, the fact that you don't just stop at just one place. When you see that it needs to be improved, you go a step further to improve it. And now you have brought Addis Map to Open Street Guide for all to be able to use and improve. And yes, that's really, really commendable, Aliza. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. One thing I would like to add here is uh, there's also another uh, thing we're currently experimenting uh, on the same project, especially on this open place guide, that is to allow uh, different uh, IT groups or teams, whoever wants to implement this technology in their home country or their city, they can add a small layer uh, on top of that and come out with a different uh, business product on top of it. They don't really necessarily have to just uh, go uh, uh, contribute towards the open source pl uh, code, they can just directly use, implement that open source uh, technology, but on top of it, place whatever, uh, they can add any type of technology or layer they want to, in order to create some sort of business use case. So it's also open for that. We just don't demand for people to just contribute so that they can use it or they just have to go to open place guide and there is just one website that serves everything people are allowed to implement it for their own specific use case and they are allowed to uh, turn on or off some features that are available on the common the core uh, source code of open place guide okay oh that's good and and i think from what i understand is that apart from you know it being scalable to a large scale to a country individuals and even small groups can also go there and customize it to their own particular use yes and, and that's really amazing what what phase of completion is the open page guide now and and when can we all start to enjoy like it's um all these benefits and features that it has okay uh currently we're uh, we have done the demo just for the initial part like uh, enabling the data editing uh adding layers and stuff like that but the current phase would be to add locals uh, or language translations uh, at least add two or three uh, major language translations and also uh, just customize the user interface and the backend code just because we understand the coding or the, the how it works or how it can be implemented we're not going to expect people to with the same level of uh, understanding about that code base because every code base differs and especially when it comes to open source people need to have enough documentation enough uh, very quality and uh, very easy to understand code bases to implement it easily 
So we're working on that part and the language. And hopefully um, two or three months, it will be uh, open, uh, at least for uh, testing and see how it goes uh, and collecting user feedback. Uh, that would be awesome. That would be really good. I know you'll get it um, across to us for us to give to our, you know, listeners and followers as soon as it drops. Definitely. And we're really looking forward to that. Yes, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, that's really commendable, Aliza. And all we've said along the line, I'll just like to chip in just this very busy because I always like to like summarize what we've said about Open Street Guide. Okay. And from what I understand, Open Street Guide is basically targeted at anyone with an interest in spatial data visualization and analysis. It's a platform where geospatial data can be stored, copy and paste from another source, edited and visualized, and shared with minimal technical or developmental requirements. The framework can be easily modified to suit specific visualization and analytical uses. Am I right, um, Alessandro? Definitely, definitely. Uh, one of the things, I mean, while uh, everybody is implementing this, one of the things we need to remember is everything is done adhering to the principles of open source. Like uh, there are different one for open maps, they, ha they have different data sharing, uh, in terms of data sharing and updating, they have their own uh, strict guides. So since we rely on them, one of the things we will uh, trick the people or users to adhere to is that, and the other is for this uh, common creatives uh, guidelines. So that way we can at least have uh, something that everybody can rely on. So there are things, those things are also to be noticed or be, people should be cautious about that too. They need to understand that when we say open, there are things uh, we need to adhere to also. Okay, okay, that's um, that's beautiful. Okay, so when anybody wants to develop or update anything on the Open Street Guide, they must adhere to Creative Commons and the open open source ideology, basically. Exactly, exactly, yes. Um, I know eventually, you know, when this thing lands and it's launched and people start to bring contributions, I think that will be majorly what you would need from just any user. Because I know it takes a little level of technical capability, such as proper programming and proper knowledge of mm -hmm. the open, streets, um, open source ideology to be able to contribute exactly. to the code. And I think it's something yeah. that even software is like QGIS, does like mm -hmm. okay there are lots of contributors but these contributors are vetted and you know they know that we know that they yes. are all capable of you know adhering to these things so eventually exactly. it won't just be about just anybody can come and edit code yeah. all you can do yeah. is contribute you know you could just suggest what could be done to improve it and eventually exactly. a group of developers can work on these changes from time to time exactly. i think that's what we exactly. expected i really yeah. look forward exactly. to you know this being like one of the major contributions of africa by africans to the open source software tech, yes. you know of the world you know globally because i know softwares like qgis and other free and open source software for geospatial they were started outside africa but even us here in africa we maximize it we use it a lot in all of our geospatial you know 
work so um it would be good for africans also to contribute this to the world you understand if you know what i'm saying definitely yes yes that's one of the things we really look forward to because we see a growing community of uh, mapping uh, enthusiasts people contributing for different causes especially when it, you when you come to the OpenStreetMap community it's very uh, motivating and very inspiring, especially the African community. I am part of, I, I strictly follow the WhatsApp group. I strictly follow what, what is posted in the, the movement in Africa. And I see it's really, uh, really uh, important for, for us to be able to push this out too, because we see a nice uh, or very motivating and inspiring future, uh, community that is working towards this. Yeah. Yes, and, and hopefully when more people are more enthusiastic, at least by, by you know, our aim and our goal, is to get more people buzzing about GIS and what geospatial is about here in yes. Africa. And when more people know about these things, when, uh, you know, our aim and our goals are starting to be achieved and a lot of people know more about it and, and the uses of it, then hopefully more people will be interested in contributing and will be able to achieve the greater goal yeah definitely yes yeah definitely okay that was really awesome aliza and and one last question now before we just round things up okay. one last question that i really like to um ask you know our guests is where do you see the african geospatial space in in the in the near future say in the next five years where do you hope to see the the african geospatial um, space well i mean yeah, just as you said it, uh, not just in terms of from our perspective, not just because we're planning on the, releasing this open place guide and uh, making it uh, usable in all over Africa, but I've seen a lot of technologies coming up in Africa, uh, different implementations uh, for humanitarian, for uh, collaborative, uh, uh, for very collaborative uh, products uh, in terms of transportation, uh, governance, and different ideas that are based on geospatial data. And honestly, in the next five years, I'm very optimistic that uh, there will be different applications uh, coming out that will make a great impact in terms of uh, making decisions in terms whether it's government or businesses that will affect uh, the economy of Africa in terms I mean towards affecting the economy because currently there are different implementations here and there but uh, right now there are different collaborations growing up uh, teams growing up uh, and also we're seeing uh, different international tech companies uh, increasing their interest in coming towards Africa so by getting ready to uh, with these technologies and with these implementations we will be in a good position to create some unicorns or very uh, impactful companies but in terms of community impact I really look forward to seeing the impact it creates on governments towards making decisions towards uh, administration and governance because it has a wide variety of uh, implementations and within the next five years that will definitely grow that's what we're hoping to see and that's what we believe we'll see hopefully hopefully that's the prayer yes. really uh the governments of yes. take it you know governments 
see the benefits and um implement you know implement these things to to help us here in africa and even individuals see the benefits and use it for themselves for their businesses and for you know the greater good really uh, and thank you so much for that aliza yes definitely thank you very much and uh, with that, as we come to the end of <laughs> of this episode, it was really awesome recording with you, Aliza. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you've had as amazing a time as I have bringing this to you. If you did, remember to subscribe on any platform you get your podcast from so you get notified every time a new episode drops. Also, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any comments requests or suggestions shoot us an email at gspatially at gmail.com or reach out to us on twitter at geospatially we are also on linkedin as geospatially africa podcast so we look forward to hearing from you bye